for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Friday, everybody. Today is a feel-good Friday. It is November 17th, 2023. The Michigan gun season is hot and heavy right now, and uh, we're not going to get into that. But uh, today, it is episode 360, and um, I am talking to Mr. Tyler Bentley from the Rise Hunt. We're doing another segment series. This is segment three. Tyler, what's going on, buddy? Not too much, man. Uh, opening day of gun season here, so it's getting wild out here. Well, it was two days ago, remember? Because you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the future. I yeah, we're, we're, in, we're talking in the future, but yes. Um, Tyler and I are remote tonight. We just couldn't, you know, deer season going on and a whole bunch of stuff going on. So we're just zooming tonight, which is fine, but we're going to get into segment three today, which was, a uh, it was an eventful one for you guys, uh, for you in particular and, you know, Lauren. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy. It's, uh, somebody once told me that bow hunting can take you back to the first day of hunting at any moment. No, no matter how much you bow hunted, that type of thing. This, this was one of these segments that really just like, I don't know, man, it was, it was God giving us a little, uh, piece of humility, I guess, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. It was, it was eventful. It, it He was humbling you. And I think that's what happened to me in Kansas is he was humbling me. He was saying, Hey, you're not as good as what you think you are. You need to be <laughs> humbled. Right. Here's a, here's a big fat piece of humble pie. Um, eat it however you wish, but here it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's right, man. Uh, not to get too far ahead of myself, but going out there with Brian, uh, we're driving out there and he's like, you know, how do you think it's going to go? And I said, dude, it's not, if we kill one, it's when we kill one. Oh, like I was like, just, gosh. just, just being cocky. I was being funny. Cause he's the new camera guy. And I was just kind of, you know, struck my stuff and, uh, we went in there first night and yeah, dude, you, you've seen what happened. We'll, like, we'll get we into it. Don't, 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 don't say too much. We'll get into it. I won't, I won't. <laughs> I won't for sure. Yeah, but uh, before we do get into this real quick, I do want to 
hit up some some partners here. So Tyler, you're just gonna have to take a back seat for a hot second before our, you know, so I can keep my lights on because you can see behind me as Tyler they're can off. see me. They're off. I only have one on. It's because that's. Well, keep those things on, dude. <laughs> but uh, first and foremost, Latitude Outdoors, guys. If you're if you're looking for any mobile gear, um, if you want to try out anything, in my opinion. The best best mobile stuff out there. Check them out at latitudeoutdoors.com. The code is the fall podcast, all one word for fifteen percent off. So check them out there. Next is Helix Broadheads, and we and, and Tyler and I, we are both partnered with Helix, and and this is one that we can both talk about here because um, they're starting their Black Friday sale November twenty fourth. So Friday, it, that would be Black Friday, so a week from today. And it's going to run through Cyber Monday, November 27th. If you guys use the code BEST, B-E-S-T, um, you get 25% off anything America's Best Bowstrings or Helix Broadheads. So I'm going to hit both of those partners right there. So if you want a new string or new broadheads, use the code BEST. Um from the 24th of November through the 27th. So what's uh, what's your take on the, I mean, you've been shooting the strings for a couple of years and the, and the broadheads too. Kind of give me your, your take on them. They're awesome, man. Uh, strings are great. Actually, I shot the strings for, man, five, six years now. So but before we ever partnered with ABB, we've been using ABB strings. Uh, Helix, Helix is great. I have no bad things to say about the heads. Um, I mentioned it in the last couple podcasts is, these heads give you an insane amount of confidence at a lot of different angles, you know, quartering to quartering away frontal, like your Ohio deer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it allows you to be more versatile in, in ways you can kill a deer. And uh, yeah, they're awesome heads. I will say, I will say the heads kind of make me feel invincible in a way because, yeah, yeah. Um, because I've tested them out, you know, on, on, on very, at a, on quite a few different shot angles. Like you said, like in 21, I shot that deer in Ohio full frontal. Um, I've shot quarter and away. I've shot quarter and two. I've shot through a shoulder, you know, and I almost sometimes feel invincible and I need to like really check myself because it's like, you do have to still cross your T's and dot your I's. But I will say, man, that head is, it's really good. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it gives you a lot of great, confidence. Man. It really does, you know, before shooting, coming from a mechanical to a fixed head, always waiting for that broadside shot. It's just like, man, get broadside, get broadside. I didn't have an opportunity. And now shooting the helix is like, I could kill you there. I could kill you there. I yeah, could kill you here. Exactly. So, so yep. you start getting that confidence. And uh, I don't know who said it, but, um, you know, when you got that quartering away shot or that frontal shot, you have so many um you know, good pieces there that you can hit. I don't know if it was you that said it. You, I could have killed that deer five times or five different ways, you know, when that arrow comes through at those hard angles. Yeah, for sure. And that's all you're looking for is confidence in your setup and anything you're shooting. It doesn't matter if it's a bow or if it's an arrow, if it's a broadhead, but um, we're talking about the business end. So the broadheads where you want the most confidence with. So uh, if you guys are looking for new heads or strings, like I said, check them out at americasbestbowstrings.com or helixbroadheads.com. Use the code BEST when it comes to Black Friday. Um, yeah, then that's all I have to say about that. So next is Exodus Outdoor Gear. If you guys are looking for any trail cams, they got the render. Uh, use the code TF for 15% off. It comes with a five-year no BS warranty with damage, with, with damage, with theft and damage coverage. Um Check them out at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Garmin is a big one. 
Garmin site. We just did a Garmin giveaway when we were in Kansas. We had 709 people uh, enter this giveaway and we gave away a site. So that was awesome. Garmin was really happy with that. We were very happy with that. So um, we might do another one in the future. So uh, very, very excited about that. Uh, next is Buck Bourbon. Buck Bourbon is a turnkey company that if you're looking for mineral attractant, food plot seed, ground blinds, uh, seasonings for meat, uh, knives, like you name it, go to buckbourbon.com, check out everything they have, use the code TFP20 to save some money there. And lastly, but certainly not least, G5 Prime, uh, Prime just dropped their new bow. Tuesday, we did a podcast with Brian and Nate from Prime and the RVX bow is just dynamite. DJ and I've been shooting them for a little over a month now and they are unreal they're great shooters so check them out at g5prime.com or go to your local prime dealer to uh get one in your hands and shoot one so that is keeping the lights on let's get into segment three now before we do get into this the last one we did segment two that was the mid-october wisconsin hunt correct correct yep so we we you you kind of moved segment three back a little bit. Um, now we're in middle of November with segment three. Usually this would probably be when segment four was happening, probably. Yes. Yep. Yep. Exactly. We're, okay. we're a little bit behind here. <laughs> well, and it's, it's you know, you're kind of at the mercy of, of the deer. And, and, and it's not that you guys, for a lack of trying, I mean, I know Nick and Isaiah and Michael and yourself are out there grinding it out. I don't know how many encounters Nick's had right now. And it's like, you know, he's so darn close. So it's like. It is what it is. You know, you're just kind of at the mercy of these, uh, as some of the farmers around would call them, farmers around me call them brown rats. So, uh, <laughs> um, kind of at the mercy of them, but, um, let's get into, this might be a shorter one today just because, you know, a lot happened, but you know, I'll, yeah. I'll just, I'll, we can get into it. So yeah, yeah. kick off segment three because you just dropped it on YouTube. So if you guys want to watch this segment, go to the Rise Hunt YouTube channel and check it out. So here is more of like behind the scenes look. So let's get into, you know, segment three and, and how everything laid out. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, like you said, we're, we're kind of at the mercy of the deer here. We're, we're trying to, um, you know, tell compelling stories and stuff that's interesting. Um, you know, we're a semi-live show, but at the same time, pushing out content that's not super exciting is not what we're trying to do either. So um, this hunt was a hunt in September. My girlfriend and I, Lauren, went to Missouri, and uh, we went out there and shot a, a really nice buck, a, you know, five-and-a-half-year-old deer that I passed last year as a four-year-old, so I got a lot of history with this buck. And um, we seen him second – actually, I think it was first and second sit. So we seen this deer twice, and on the third day – this buck comes in, reads the script, and I'm filming. Lauren's hunting. Uh, I'm not gonna say she's a new hunter because she's been hunting a while, but she doesn't. She hasn't killed a lot of animals, so um, she's learning the hard way this year. It seems like, unfortunately, all the different things that can go wrong on deer, and um, it's a lot more than just you know putting a pin on an animal and pulling the trigger. Yeah, and um, and, and when you get into the like these, you know, these big Midwest deer, you know, and, th and this is the big deer, like he's a great deer. And, you know, she's, she's 
kind of thrown into the fire because you do it. You know, you know how long it took you and I to go on all on out of state hunts. You know, and and and, and we had those trials and tribulations too. You know, so it's like oh, yeah. it's very much. I I talked to talked to a lot of new hunters and a lot of people that you know that don't hunt a lot, and it's like. I've got friends that even, you know, screw up quite a bit in the moment of truth and it happens to everybody, but I will say it's like, it's so hard to practice for it. I mean, you have to, you have to shoot deer to practice for it, but then it's like, okay, if you shoot a deer, two deer, three deer this year, you got 365 days until the next time, possibly you're going to forget about it. You know what I mean? So it's like, you really have to have like, you got you got to develop some sort of system in my opinion in in how things how you think how you how you want things to slow down in the moment of truth we talk about it a lot and it's taken me a long time to get to where i am right now i feel like i'm pretty 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 good in the moment of truth but dude things happen you know things oh, yeah. happen so um with lauren in my opinion i i watched the segment and everything and like she didn't rush it at all like I didn't no. look like it to me. You know what I mean? That deer was just in a food plot eating. She she did pull back three different times, which was she that did, is yeah. that is hard, dude. <laughs> that is yeah. hard. And, but, and that buck was tight, dude. He was like eighteen yards or something. And other than the crickets, there was no wind. So it's it's one of those things where so I'm behind her. I'm sitting in a I'm in a stand, but I'm saddle hunting, and I'm like can't communicate with her because she's just far enough away, and the buck's eighteen yards away. So it's not like I can be like, hey do this you know you can't really communicate very well um and the unfortunate side is being a new hunter she has to learn for herself i can't coach her and guide her through every single step so it's like it was just one of those situations it was like i wanted to coach her through that moment so bad and i felt like i couldn't you know like she did really well the only thing i think i actually yelled was like put your bow down because i seen her go yeah. full draw too early and, uh, you know, there's a bunch of trees. Maybe she had a shot through the trees, but I sure as heck didn't think she did. I'm like, put your bow down. He's not coming, you know. And uh, he started to come back out again, and she, like, drew, like, a little too early. It got excited again, and I'm just like, oh. And then she put it down herself. Third time, she turned around and said something to me. All I heard was a mumble of words. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Give her a thumbs up. Whatever you're asking me. Go with your gut. <laughs> there's a five-year-old at 18 yards. I don't know what you're asking me, but here's the go ahead yeah uh but she what she was asking me is could you film him because apparently she could have shot him the second time she went full draw okay um so she was honestly waiting for me to like tell her to go or something so i mean it's it's high stress i mean shooting a, a big deer like that with a bow you you know you've only killed one deer with a bow in your life and and now you got a five-year-old 18 yards and you're worried about the guy behind you with a camera so that adds some more stress to the situation too and um yeah it's just one of those fluke things she uh she was like, I, you know, I want to make sure he's broadside. You know, I, I don't want, cause we, on the way, on the drive down, we were talking like, all right, what's this, you know, quartering away, quartering two, um, you know, talking about where to aim and, you know, just stuff like that. You know, she, obviously she made a really good shot on her first buck, but every deer's different. Every situation's so different. And, uh, yeah, he come in and he read the strip, come into 18 yards, you know, after her third time of going full draw, um, she shot. And when she shot that deer's leg was tucked back and it was the heart, most heartbreaking sound as a bow hunter, you know, exactly what that sound is that loud whack. It's like just that shoulder, that scapula. And, um, she turned around excited and I was like, man, I don't get too excited because you know, this, 
I'm not going to get you excited. I don't know what happened. Without watching the shot, I can't tell you if you got enough penetration to kill that deer or not. Tell me this. Um, how how So watching the footage in the segment, I felt like that he was – it didn't feel like the deer was on high alert, but, man, did he duck in a freaking hurry. You know what I mean? He did. And, and she hit high shoulder. So tell me this, though, from your point of view. Like after everything transpires and you know, you are, you, you basically know the outcome because you've been there, you know, it's high shoulder. There's about a 99% sure chance that you're not going to find this deer and he's not going to die. It's just not a fatal hit. How do you combat that in the tree with a newer hunter and, you know, without ruining the moment right away? But also, like, where was your head at with that? It was tough. Like I said, not being able to communicate with her, I think, was probably the hardest part. Because I wanted to be like, leg back, head down, wait. You know, that's what I wanted to say. Right. And obviously, everything happened so fast because, you know, you and I, you know, heavy pounded, fast bows, you know, you know, a little bit heavier arrows. Like, the setups we're shooting compared to what she's shooting, a little bit lighter arrow and um, not the speed, not the draw length, not all the stuff, like all those things. I'm not going to say it ma- would have made a huge difference, but it would have made a difference. Like, I think you and I probably could have almost got away with that shot. A couple more inches of penetration would have killed that deer. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they'll, well, they'll... after the shot though, you know, shot happens. How do you wade through all that stuff knowing that that deer is not going to die? Like without, oh, I see with, without her without bringing her down you know she was happy she was really like she was so excited like how do you not shit on her parade right then and just be like (laughs) you know what i mean like not to be mean but like how do you just you saw the shot and i could tell in your voice and what you like what you saw in the camera was like it's a high shoulder hit we're not gonna find that deer like how do you wade through that it was tough. You know, obviously I don't, I don't want to break her heart. I know that that was the opportunity we both prayed for going to Missouri is to, to get that deer or a big mature deer in front of us to shoot. And, you know, she shoots it, she's excited. And I got to tell her, you know, I, I can't get your hopes up. I don't know what's going to happen. So, um, I just said, let's watch the footage. Let's, you know, you almost need to do a, a gradual decline here. Yeah. I can't just, just snap and say, yeah, we ain't gonna find him. Sorry. Yeah. You know? that, that's tough. Um, it, it was tough, you know, and honestly, we didn't know. We don't know how much penetration we got. We didn't know anything until the next morning. We just know uh, when you hit a deer like that and you don't got blood, when in doubt, back out, something you hear about hunters say all the time. So I was like, hey, let's go back. Let's watch the footage. Let's make a plan for the morning, come back in. And if we're going to go back in and look for him, we might as well just bring a dog because we already assume there's no blood. You hit the scapula. If for some reason it punched through enough to, to pop a lung or something, we need a dog to find this deer because we're not going to find him off of blood, I can't assume. Um, so we went back in with a dog, and he's like, you know, if the dog does this, it's not good. If the dog does this, it, it is good. It did what the dog, you know, we didn't want it to do, which is kind of what we assumed. And right. he searched a little bit, and he's like, yeah, man, this deer's not dead. He's you like, didn't I find the arrow or nothing? Found the arrow after 100 yards. It come out after 100 yards. And I have a picture of it. I want to say there's like maybe four inches. And it's hard to say if it's actually truly penetrated four inches or if it's blood squirting on four inches. Mm-hmm. Hitting that high scapula, th- there's not an organ right there. It's it's a bone, you mm-hmm. know. That's a, it. It was a crappy situation for sure. Now, no blood. Looked with the dog. 
How was Lauren doing after that? Was she pretty demoralized? Was it pretty like, I want to quit or was it, I want to get back in the tree? I think it lit the fire under this year, to be honest. Um, Surprising. She has hunted more in Michigan this year and harder than I've ever seen her hunt ever. I think her going out there, she, she told me that on the way home, she's like, I hear of all these guys wounding deer and how could you do that? And how do you do that? She, she shot one deer and executed it perfectly. Yep. You know? So she's like, Oh, I'm perfect. And then, then she shoulder shoots one and wounds one. And she's like, well, this can't be right because I shoot perfect and I hit perfect and I'm a great shot and I don't, I don't wound deer, you know? So it's like, again, going back to God, humbling you and giving you a little bit of humility. And, um, unfortunately this is how you learn those lessons. This is how you become a better bow hunter by making mistakes and, and learning from those mistakes, not just making mistakes and not learning. So, um, you know, that, that's something that this has taught her probably more than anything is you have a low poundage bow. I know you're shooting the right equipment and the right broadhead and the right arrow, all the stuff, but you aren't going to push through a scapula with your setup. It's not going to happen. So you need to back off of that shoulder a little bit. And then another thing, this is just something her and I work with or worked uh, through is I really do like deer's head to be up like you see a lot of guys like they just yell at a deer like he even though he's broadside 25 yards and the pin's buried they just hey man you know what why are you trying to stop him he's stopped i'm just trying to get his head up because if his head up they typically react a little bit less um you know other than you know when they're down like that they're kind of preloaded and locked and they can really press down and um but when they have their head up all they have is gravity they can mm-hmm. only fall as fast as gravity allows them to. So, yeah, no, that's um, a good point. You know, making sure that shoulders forward and making sure that heads up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's that's um, a definitely a good point. And that's and how do you learn that lesson without going through what she went through? Exactly. And in, in in now that she's went through it, like that's going to be ingrained in her head of like, that's just all comes with the process that I talked about before. Like, I went through the yips years ago with stopping deer. And I'm like, I kept stopping deer and I still do it. You know what I mean? But it's like, there's a lot of factors you got to put into consideration when you're stopping deer, just, you know, matting them or whistling at them, whatever, like you need to, you need to, you know, it varies from how far that deer is from you. Like I shot one at 35 yards in 2018. I stopped him in the last window. He was 35 yards. He had plenty of enough time alert deer to duck my arrow. But when I stop him within 20 yards, (laughs) I mean it's yeah it's he's not gonna normally he wouldn't duck my arrow but you know right so getting that process but also you know getting away from that shoulder a little bit you know it's okay to be center mass like it it, like this year when i shot no go center mass went 180 yards you know you were there on the track with me it was like yeah yeah. it's perfect you know um so and you got less room for air there you know so um so anyway, with that whole situation, what ended up happening to the deer? Did he end up showing back up or, you know, how, what, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. We kind of assumed he would, you know, after, you know, no blood trail, you'd see in the arrow, you know, not much penetration, high scapula shot. I mean, we can, we can watch the video over and over and, and we can see exactly where it hit. It's like, it's undeniable. It's a non-lethal, non-lethal shot. We wanted to exhaust all efforts just for the fact that we don't know what the arrow did once it you know, penetrated through scapula. So 
um, yeah, long story short, you know, seven, 10 days later, you know, we have one cell camera down there on the, the road stand scrape there and back right where we shot him on the road stand scrape. And it's like seven days later, it's like, holy cow. So not only is he okay, he's okay, you know, alive and well. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. so he shows up back up and he's good. He's good to go. Is, is he back on his pattern? I mean, you've had history with this deer. So like, is he doing the same thing as he's always done? Yeah, he's he's always been like a well, he's not he's not 150 or 180 inch deer in the first place. He's a five year old, but he's he's not a very giant looking buck, you know that people would you know be sought after in Missouri. We just we say age over beauty in Missouri is kind of what we always go for. Obviously, you want to shoot a big buck, but we just knew this buck was old enough, so he's on the hit list. And uh, you know, obviously after lauren you know hits him in the shoulder he just went up the hit list it's like okay now now i really want to kill this deer more than anything because um you know we have history with him from a year prior now lauren hit him in the shoulder and just all this stuff it's like man i, I got deer bigger than you but i want to kill you now i don't know why <laughs> just something about it you know <laughs> yeah so you guys come home right not not long after you know she shot that buck and yep. then when was your next trip back out there so I invested a little bit more time into Michigan this year, more than I ever have. I actually stayed in Michigan for a, quite a while this year, hunting Michigan. And uh, we headed back out to Missouri October 30th. Um, and we plan on staying, you know, 10 days for the rut trip or, or whatever it might be. So um, before heading out there, um, I, like I said, I had to sell cam down on the, the road stand scrape and this box regular. He's like, you know, coming out, like I, like I told you, I said, uh, I said, it's not if we kill one, it's when we kill one. I'm Mr. Cocky over being, here. <laughs> being, being, being funny, you know, just cause I'm like, man, I, this deer's in the same pattern we shot him out of. So he's like, he, he's going to be there. I, I mean, I hope he's going to be there. Um, and, and if he's not, we have a pretty good size hit list and we have time and, um, we're going to put the time in and we're going to get a buck kill. That's, that's our goal anyways. And uh, we went in there first sit, cold front, north wind. I mean, everything that you could possibly think of was it was a hundred percent in our favor. Um, I checked the camera. I had another camera there. Checked the camera. He was in there three nights prior, two nights prior, whatever it was. I'm like, oh, we're gonna kill this deer. Like went in there. Like you can just see my interview. I'm smiling. I'm like, I'm gonna kill this deer. I know he's gonna show up. You know. And I got the camera guy Brian. He's in training behind me. And uh, yeah, it, it ended up being a complete shit show. <laughs> if you guys i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a little shade on tyler because he texted me after this whole thing went down if you guys want to see one of the uh <laughs> biggest whiffs i've ever seen on a deer yes you need to watch this episode so kind of take us through that sit though like what what ended up happening uh so we sat there got set up early it was cold man 27 degrees actual with when we left to go hunting there was 20 mile an hour winds but it was cutting down to 12. so 27 degrees whatever it was um with the 20 mile an hour wind i mean it felt like sub-zero like it was so cold like freezing freezing cold i had the like mid-october gear on i was bundled up but like no hand warmers nothing like that and just freezing cold i wear probably the same gloves as you like the fingerless gloves yep so you can like feel your, you know, bow equipment and, uh, some does come in early, little bucks come in, deer are moving. And I'm just like, it's a matter of time because every deer is moving right now, you know? And I happen to look over my shoulder and I see that buck, the buck Lauren 
um, shoulder shot. He's coming down the hill and he comes right to this scrape. Before he gets to the scrape, I rotate, grab the bow, full draw, like without even communicating to Brian. I just got the bow, full draw. And I know beforehand, like Brian and I kind of go through a process, like, can you film this? Can you film that? What if he's right here? You know, just like, you know, when you're bow hunting, you know, can I shoot this scrape? Okay, how far is it? Range it. Can I, you know, same thing with the camera. Can the camera film this scrape? Can he film right here? And you're trying to figure out where you can shoot, where the camera can shoot. And Brian's like, ah, I could film this scrape, but it might not be perfect. And I'm like, well, if I had to shoot right there, and he's like, yeah, I could probably make it work. So this buck comes running in, head down, right to the scrape, which is basically like behind the stand. So I, I'm like almost facing the tree in front of me. Brian's on the backside in the saddle. I go full draw right off the rip, and I bury the pin. He's 17 yards. And I'm, Brian, can you see him? I look up at Brian. Brian's dilly-dallying with the camera. I'm like, oh, no, he's not on him yet. So I'm just sitting there waiting. Brian, you on him? can't get him in camera and i'm like oh no i'm just sitting there with 17 yards with the pin just buried in this thing and uh he's like i just can't film him right there and he's thankfully the buck just kind of like dips down in the creek brian gets like one or two seconds of video of him and then the buck pops out on the food plot at 20 yards maybe 22 ish and i you know again bury the pin right behind the shoulder look over brian can you see him can't see him i'm like oh you got to be kidding me so I'm full draw, full draw, 40 seconds, 50 seconds, a minute, and Brian still can't see him. I'm, I'm like, about to let down because I'm, like, Brian, I mean, I, I could kill him right now, but the camera can't see him. I'm about to let down, and the buck just gets excited. He grunts, and then runs out in the food plot, runs out to, like, 30. There's pretty much an edge there that I know is 30. At this point, I've been holding for over a minute. My heart's beating out of my chest. I could have killed this deer three times. So I do have a pretty good defense built up here, if you can't tell. It's not. <laughs> oh, he's got, <laughs> got all the all excuses. excuses here. That's right. I'm trying to make myself not sound so stupid. but <laughs> So he's at 30, and I, I know Brian's on him now. I'm like, Brian, you good? You know, whatever, 30 yards. I go to pull the trigger. I shoot a thumb button. This is my first year shooting a thumb button, so I'm definitely no means an expert shooting thumb buttons. And uh, I know I pull and squeeze at the same time. There's a million ways to do to shoot the thing, but I just I'm trying not to punch. I'm just trying to pull and squeeze. And I got the pin buried at 30. I can't feel my fingers whatsoever. Like because it is so cold, 20 mile an hour winds, 27 degrees. I'm freezing cold. Like I said, a lot of excuses. But I'm pulling, 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 squeeze. And I literally can't get the bow to go off. And I start to panic. I'm like, oh sh- oh shit, the bow is not going off. Like I feel like I'm pulled all the way back to my ear. I'm probably not. But I literally can't feel it, and I'm just pulling, 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 pulling. About the time that I go, my bow's not going off, and I go to, like, just release pressure, arrow goes out of the bow. Yeah. So, long story short, I almost killed the buck. I sent an arrow through his rack, like, three foot high, three foot left. It looked like it was the most catastrophic bow shot you've probably ever seen in your life. Uh, Anybody who watches it will, will hopefully get a laugh out of it. Um, because everyone's like, what the hell just happened? I've never seen a deer miss that bad before. It was, it was pretty pathetic. When you sent me the clip, I was in Kansas, I think, and I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my, I think, I think, I think my response to you was a lot of laughing emojis and was something like, how did you miss that bad or something? Yeah. (laughs) 
that wasn't just oh, like a God. whiff. That was a that was a field goal kicker shanking the hell out of the final field goal <laughs> to win the game. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! It was, dude. I honestly was to the point to where I couldn't get the bow to go, and I was like, I th- I think I need to set down. Like I I honestly started to like relieve pressure, and I think when it when I did that, it went. Yeah. So it's like when when the arrow left the bow, that pin was not on the animal mm-hmm. at all. Like as soon as the it went, like I was like my head just hit the tree. Like oh my god! Like yeah. did that really just happen? Um, the buck didn't know what happened. He literally bound off twice, and he looked around and he's like, I have no idea. He was facing just slightly quartering away, and he had his head down. And same thing, I was waiting for him to pick his head up, but I was at the same time like. I'll shoot him head down when he's quartering away. I'm just going to aim really low because, because I did that in North Dakota. I kind of learned from that bad example once too, but aim, aim low if they're, if they're doing that is pretty much what I was doing. And um, yeah, he didn't know what happened. The arrow basically went through his rack and he jumped off and he's like, what the heck? And put his head down, start eating. And he's now he's at 35 yards, head down eating. And I'm like, look back at Brian. I'm like, do I shoot him? You know, <laughs> ranged him. And I'm like, I'm like shaking at this time. I like, I just don't know how I just whiffed this shot so bad. And I'm like, dude, I'm not shooting at this deer again. Like, I don't, but I don't know. But you didn't really have a shot, did you? You didn't have yeah, any more I'll shots, you. did you? I did. Yeah. Brian filmed him for 30, 30 minutes or something, or not like a 30 minute clip, but for 30 minutes, he was inside of 40 yards. So you're telling me you couldn't muster up another arrow? Well, yes and no. He, he was 30. <laughs> 37-ish yards, and yep. he's, like, hard quartering away. So he never yeah, really gave you like, a really good presentable shot is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I could have forced a scary one, but okay. I didn't deserve to do that. Well, and and I totally get that. I was just saying, well, God, if he's yeah. just milling in the food plot, like, broadside, no, like, let's start throwing back, more. If he'd have been back broadside, it'd have been probably a different story. I got you. Okay, that, that makes sense. Like, I – that happened to me in Kansas. My first encounter was 42 yards. He was quartering away a little bit. Um, I'm very confident at that range, but I was shooting through a basketball hole size. It was it was night uh, night three out of a 10 day hunt, and I'm like, I'm not gonna force this. Like I look in hindsight. I kind of wish I would have forced it, but, um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it is what it is, but it's, it's one of those things that wasn't like, if he would have been perfectly broadside, not a care in the world, he was kind of alert. I had to stop him, you know, so he's kind of looking in my direction. I'm like, this is a recipe for a disaster. And it it goes right to the point. We talk about our process and, and stopping deer and, 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 you know, like, what does that look like? At what distance is he alert? Is his head up? Is he going to duck? You know, he would have ducked for sure. Oh yeah. Um, talking about the process, dude, that's something I really want to talk to you about. Cause, um, as you know, I've, I've self filmed all my deer hunts for how many years. And, uh, this was one of those, you know, having an intern in the tree with me, this was brand new. And, uh, I have a process and my process is typically when I see the animal, whether I'm going to kill him or not, the first thing that goes on is the GoPro. It's the very, very first thing I do GoPro boom. Cause if I don't get them on the big camera, at least I got a GoPro going. So like my process, step one, GoPro, step two, big camera in focus, get it on the deer. Step three, bow off the bow or hanger. Yep. You know, set four, full draw, set five, make sure you're still in frame, adjust, 
step six shoot that is my system and it's been that way for the last you know eight deer i've killed on on video self-filmed you know so having brian behind me in a tree being full draw and be like can you shoot no can you shoot no you know like just like having to communicate instead of like using my hands to be able to like you know control the entire situation yeah that was so hard for me to to not be in full control of everything that was happening yeah, it's your fish out of water kind of deal. You know what I mean? Like you're 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 in my eyes, you're like a you're a self filmer, you know, and and, yeah. and that's where you feel the most comfortable and you were not comfortable in that that aspect. Like I again I'm gonna refer to Kansas. Like I've been self fil I've I've been I've been like fifty fifty actually I've killed more deer with a cameraman, but you know, I have killed deer with, with self filming and when I feel like I have control, I'm kind of a control freak in a way. When I feel like I have control, I'm way more comfortable. So like DJ was with me in Kansas filming me the whole time. And it was like, it was almost a relief, but it was almost like, man, I feel like I'm not doing something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it was, it was a different, it was a, it was a different hump I had to get over. And quickly I did get over it because all those in, or two out of the three encounters deer were, you know, kind of running in and, and I had to stop them and it was like a quick ordeal and it was just debacle. That's the rut for you though. <laughs> yeah. I honestly just heard uh, Bill Winky talking about this the other day and how he talked about how killing a deer with a cameraman is easily five times harder than killing one without it. And, and I totally agree with that because if I have a deer in a food plot in front of me, I put the camera on him, I pull back, I shoot. You know, if I don't have a camera in front of me and I pull back, I'm turning my head around. Can you see him, you know, based off of what the cameraman says or how he communicates, hold on, wait, you know, my process is jacked. My anchor points jacked, my level jacked. Everything is just like that system is just like dropping a wrench in a blender. Like yeah. I, I genuinely thought until this year that having a camera guy in the tree was going to make my life easier. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I love having uh, Brian. I love having a camera guy like for B roll going in going out, you know, all those shots that I need to get that I normally get by myself, like that stuff. It's great. Um, but having a dude in the tree trying to communicate, like we wear wireless mics and he wears headphones the whole time. And um, in that hunt where, you know, I missed that deer 10 minutes before the headphones died, the wireless mics died. So I'm like, Brian, and he can't hear me. And I'm like, Oh no, mics are dead. Oh, he's got the shotgun mic plugged in. So I'm literally like leaning back, taking my string off, trying to communicate, coming back to the string. Like that's not something as a bow hunter, we practice doing in the yard. Mm -hmm. You don't, yeah. you don't practice turning your head around like an owl, 180 degrees, talking to somebody and then trying to like re go through your process. Yep. No, I, I get that. I for sure get that. And, um, I don't know what I would weigh in on that with the cameraman because this is nothing against anybody, Brian or anybody Winky's had or whatever. I've had some pretty solid guys, but I also have the mindset that like, you know, like, yeah, I am there to film it, but just get what you can get. If you're not on them and I can shoot them, I'm going to shoot them. Like <laughs> at the end <laughs> right. of the day, like we'll make it work. You know, I, it, I, I am very much in the camp of, when it comes from the hunting aspect, the first shot I get is the t shot I'm taking like plain and simple it, in like that full frontal deer. Like if that's what I'm yep. getting, if that's what I'm given, it's my job to make it 
you know, that animal die as quickly as possible. But it's also my job to have the best gear and equipment and the most confidence in that. That's my job. So like, because I've always grown up as like, you get one opportunity and that's it. And now I'm not going to force an opportunity. I'm not going to, if I only have a shot at his shank, like his back hind quarter, I'm not going to take that. But yeah, like yeah. an ethical, like kill shot, like the first opportunity I get that, that at the, at the, you know, the goodies, I'm taking it, you know? Um, yep. so it is what it is. Like it's very much, uh, it's difficult. It's a difficult it game, is. you know, um, in closing here, cause I know we're kind of short on some time tonight, but in closing, there was a lot of screw ups here. A lot of yes. a lot of things went wrong. Looking back at it now, because it's fresh off the press, both of these things. What are some positives you're taking out of it to to turn those negatives into positives for next time? That's a hard question, man. Well, we got to give something to the listeners here. That's right. Uh, well, Brian's home for Thanksgiving right now, so I'll be I'll be self filming in Texas here in a few days. Um, dude, I'll tell you one thing real quick before, before I answer that question. I want to let you know this is like, I don't get worked up on deer. Like I, I film a lot of big deer, you know, in the Midwest, I hunt a lot of States and stuff. And I normally see big deer and I bury my head into the viewfinder and I'm totally good. Like mm -hmm. I don't get worked up having a camera guy behind me and me just being the hunter, dude, trying to shoot that buck. My heart was beating out of my chest. Like I was shooting my first buck I ever shot in my life. I love it. And I think it I think it was because I was just so in the moment. I didn't have the camera. I didn't have anything. And it was like, dang, is this what it feels like to not film your hunts? Is this what it feels like to do? My heart's beating on my chest. I'm staring at this big buck. I'm like, holy shit, this is horrible. I love it, man. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of cool. But no, just some positive takeaways, I guess would be, um, I don't know. I, I really made it a point to, um, you know, shoot my bow every single day I was in Missouri, which I probably should do anyway. But I think, you know, in the rut and the grind, we, we get kind of lazy and we're like, ah, oh, my bow's good. I'll shoot it tomorrow or shoot it every three days or, or something like that. And in this instance, I, I missed so horribly for what appears like no reason other than I just panicked, I guess, but, um, shot my bow every single day. And, um, that kind of rebuilt the confidence up for me for the rest of the trip. You know, just, I'm like, dude, 10 minutes, set a timer on my phone, 10 minutes. It's the rut. I got no excuse not to just go out there 10 minutes earlier, set a timer on my phone and just stack arrows at 40, 30, 20. And then when you're sitting there in the tree, it's like, you just did what you needed to do. Um, so I know it's just, you just gotta be, you gotta be dialed. Like uh, it goes back to that old phrase is, um, beginners get it till they get it right. Or what is it? Beginners do it until they get it right. Experts do it until they can't get it wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that. That's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to shoot aggressively to the point to where like, I physically can't screw this up anymore. Yeah. Like I, I just, I'm going to shoot until I don't have a bad arrow. I'm going to shoot until I don't have an arrow outside of my, my group. Um, and, and I think those mistakes like that, um, they, they make you want to become a better bow hunter. They make you want to practice more. They make you want to, you know, just, just not make those mistakes, in, you know, in general. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's a, that's a great answer. You know, that's, 
it's all you can do, it, you know, and it's it's up to you to figure out that process. It kind of goes back to that process we talked about. It's, you know, and if you have it, maybe you have to hone it or fine tune it a little bit. Maybe you put in, you know, something that happened in this experience of like, okay, this is what I have to change differently for next time. So, um, you know, now next time that you have a cameraman, it's like, hey, I've been here before. We gotta, we gotta, right? We gotta do this a little differently so that doesn't happen again, and I don't send it to the you know, the upright the moon. <laughs> basically. <laughs> oh, so. that shot, that shot's awesome. If, if anybody wants to just go watch the video and be like, you're an idiot. That was the worst shot I ever seen. I, I agree with you. It, it's actually comical how horrible I miss. Honestly, though, I, I am super, super grateful that that did not connect with that animal whatsoever. So yeah, uh, that, that, cause that, that would make this story much not good. Well, I mean, you're going to Texas, uh, and hopefully you can redeem yourself. So, you know, as, as this is, is everybody's listening to this, you're in Texas right now in a blind. So, um, or in a, in a stand somewhere, um, you know, trying to get on a, a Texas whitetail. So before we wrap this up, tell everybody where they can find the rise hunt and, uh, you know, if they want any merch, if they want social channels or even just to watch the episodes. Um, and I encourage you guys to go and watch these because, I've said it before. Tyler is very talented uh, uh, cinematographer and very talented behind a computer editing all this stuff. So, it's for anything. If you want to see a really big whiff on a deer, do that. But if you want to <laughs> enjoy some good cinematography and editing, definitely go over there and check it out because the storytelling and everything there is is top notch. So, tell everybody where they can go, Tyler. Hey, I, I appreciate you saying that, man. That that means a lot. Um, if anybody wants to check it out, it's on carbon tv uh it's also on youtube uh just search the rise hunt uh like darren said merch that type of stuff's on the the rise hunt.com um, we got a bunch of merch in stock that stuff's shipping quick uh but more than anything go check out the videos we do a semi-live segment series throughout the entire fall uh it's myself nick O'Healy, michael vasquez isaiah wyman there's four of us we're all from michigan and uh you, you haven't seen those guys much this season but they are grinding there is segments here coming down the pipe right now and, um, yeah, like I said, we do about seven segments throughout the fall, broken out over a hundred days of just purely whitetail hunting. Um, we show the ups, the downs, and apparently the gigantic whiffs too. So that that's new for this year. Um, you know, it's, um, it's fun, man. We're having a blast doing it. We're, uh, we're really enjoying it. So we're gonna, we're gonna keep knocking these videos out and hopefully we can get on some more big bucks this fall. Cool, man. Well, thank you very much again for coming on and doing this. Uh, we got a lot more segments coming at you as they happen throughout the rest of the year. A lot of deer season left. Um, shit, if you're hunting uh, Ohio, it goes to like February 5th. So <laughs> yeah, it's like ridiculously long season. So uh, thank you guys very much for all the downloads, all the support. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a written review, and do the same thing on Spotify. And we will be here next time on the Fall Podcast. Thank you.